0: Over the last few weeks, we've been going back to basics. We talked about the prayer-engaged Christian. Then we talked about last week the worship-engaged Christian. And today we're going to talk about the church-engaged Christian. How many of you would prefer I go directly to next week, which is the giving-engaged Christian? Anybody want me to go there today? Are you? Let's, let's do church-engaged Christian. I'm ready for that. Everyone says they love the church, but have you ever heard someone say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't really like the church. You ever heard that? You can't say that. I mean, that's like decapitating Jesus. We are the body and he is the head. We say we love the church and yet do nothing to see to its health, its growth, its influence. It's kind of like a football game. 60,000 people who need exercise watching 11 people who need rest <laughs> church can be like that sometimes so today's about the church engaged christian and i want us in keeping with our foundational themes of prayer and worship this month i want us to look at the church from a very foundational point of view once again the word engage means to bind by a promise to interlock to occupy to connect. Engagement is commitment. Are you engaged to the church? Are you committed to the church? The church of Jesus Christ. Well, what is the church? Two definitions, the first of which comes from the word curiacon, which is where we get our English word church from. Ancient authors used this word to describe the Lord's house or a place of worship. The, the second word is ecclesia, which means An assembly of people, it comes from two words, ek, which uh, means uh, out from, and then kaleo, which means called ones. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, in talking about the church, says this, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I don't know if you recognize this about verse 24, but really it is the marching orders for every church. For the church of Jesus Christ. We are, as the body of Christ, to consider one another. Everything you do, everything I do, I need to consider you in the decisions that I make. The things that I say, how I go about my life, I'm to consider the rest of the body of Christ. But not only consider you, I'm also to stir you up. How many of you know that we all have a a gifting to stir things up? In a good way. In a good way. I hope I never call, you know, somebody up and, and they say, Hornet's Nest Ministries, stirring things up for Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Consider one another. And once you've considered people, then you stir each other up. And it tells us how to do it in love, with love, and with good works. And then it follows up. <clears throat> our marching orders as a church, with this in verse 25. And don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. But exhort one another. So, so we've, we've been told to consider one another, to stir up one another, to, to love each other. We've been told to, to do good works together. And then in verse 25, it tells us, and the way you do this is by assembling together. Exhorting one another is added to the list. And so much more as you see the day approaching. So the reason we come together as as the church, because we're the church when we leave here individually. But the reason that we come together is that so we consider one another, stir each other up, love each other, do good works together, and to exhort one another. Now, let me share this morning two important elements to being engaged to the church. These aren't the only ones, but they're two important ones that I have time to share with this morning. First of all, I want to look at the church as a body. The church is a body. Now, we know we are called the body of Christ, but what does that look like? What does it look like for us to be the body of Christ? Now, some of you are checking out right now saying, I've heard this message before, or I know this one. This this is easy. But stay with me, will you? Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. Here's what the church looks like. Here's what the church can look like. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley that is filled with bones. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. So what we have here is a picture of a group of people who have assembled, who have gathered together. And the Bible tells us that what they look like are a group of people who are dry, a group of people who are dead, a group of people who are scattered. The church can look like that. And in in verse 3, the question is asked, can these bones become living people again? Is it possible that the church can be who God wants it to be? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that question. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Now, we often get get uh, messed up with the word. Prophetic or, or prophecy, and, and we shouldn't. I, I believe in the prophetic word of the Lord and, and its variables in terms of how it is administrated. Sometimes prophetic word comes through one who has a prophetic mantle on them. Ephesians chapter 4. Other times it comes in the form of someone who will just stand up and speak or prophesy the word of the Lord over A situation or a circumstance, and here it's spoken to us in this way Speak a message to all of these bones, to all of these dead and dry bones. Speak a word to the church that is dry and scattered and dead, and declare this The word of the Lord has come. The word of the Lord is speaking. I, you know, we can become lethargic and apathetic so quickly in the body of Christ, in the church. We lose our flavor. We, we lose our energy. We lose our purpose. We've, we've got to speak life over ourselves so that we don't find ourselves there. The Bible says in Scripture that we are to do what? Encourage ourselves in the Lord. I, I, I prophesy to myself all the time. I speak the word of life over myself all the time. I I am constantly saying to myself, get up, get going. Start moving. Start doing what you're supposed to do, but I don't really feel like it. So what? Get up and start going. Get up and start moving. And I, I believe that all of us need to do that on a continual, regular basis. When I'm standing on the word of God for His promise, and it, and it tarries, and, it, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I, I at times, just want to kind of give in and rest, and, and the problem with that is that when, when I'm, I'm not trusting in God and believing in His Word, and I just decide to take a time out, the problem with that is I begin to move toward apathy and lethargy. We've got to speak life over ourselves. Verse 5, And when we do, this is what Sovereign Lord says, look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. But notice when the breath of God comes, it comes after we speak life. It comes after we prophesy to ourselves. Once we begin to declare the word of the Lord over our situation, our circumstance, our church, then the Bible says He will breathe into us and make us Live again. Verse 6. Now watch this. I will put flesh, everybody say flesh, flesh. Muscles, muscles on you and cover you with skin. flesh, muscles, skin. I'll put breath into you and you'll come to life and you'll know that I am the Lord. What is a church supposed to look like? We're supposed to look like flesh, muscles, and skin with the breath of God in us and on us. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Then we go to the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 12. This speaks to the equipping of the church for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, the body of Christ. And then in verse 15 it says, Speak the truth in love. There again is the word speak. We have a responsibility there. Speak the truth in love so that we can grow up in all things into him who is the head over the body. You can't say you don't love the church, but you love Jesus. They're connected. There'll be no decapitation of Jesus around here. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The whole body joined together, knit together. I think that King James speaks of joints and marrow, our bones, our muscles. So what, what is being said here in these two passages, both old and new, is that the church is flesh and blood brought together by the breath of God. But I want to share with you this. It's powered. The church is powered by the blood of Jesus. It's powered. We are powered by the blood of Jesus because the one thing that causes us to be different than any other group of people is the shed blood of Christ. There are religions all over that will speak of God in some form or fashion. But it's the blood of the Son of God, Jesus, that, that gives life, that gives power to flesh, blood, joints, marrow, muscles. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says this, For the life of, for the, life of the bone, the skin, the flesh... The muscle, the joints, the life of the flesh, the life of the body is in the what? Blood. Blood. It's in the blood. So we're powered by what Christ did on the cross. The church is in the human body. Uh, We we have muscle. We have tissue. Connective tissue. We have fat. uh, We have nerves. We have joints. um, And they all have one thing in common. They are fixed cells. They're fixed cells. That means each of, of the parts that make us up have a specific purpose, but they aren't fluid. I mean, my, my rib cage doesn't just take a little trip, you know, and travel down to my leg uh, just because it wants to. And uh, nor do my fingers end up on the back of my head. It, it just uh, because they're fixed cells. The human body is created that way. These fixed cells, though, are filled with blood. Blood, which is fluid and is mobile. Blood is not limited to one space, one time. The blood moves throughout the whole body, supplying the fixed cells with nourishment and carrying away waste or poison. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, says, Brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service verse four for as we have many members in one body but all the members they don't have the same function so we being many are one body in christ and individually members of one another. So here's the picture I want you to see of the church. We are all different parts in the body, obviously. And those parts are fixed. We all have specific purpose in a specific moment in time. And yet it's the blood of Christ that flows through all of us and it brings sustenance And strength for us to be who He created us to be individually. And not only that, but but the blood of Christ carries out the poison of sin that we find ourselves in from time to time. Providing nourishment to each other, removing waste or poison. I didn't say removing people, but removing waste and poison, speaking life, not death. You have value in the body of Christ, and we are all here to recognize each other's value, to speak over each other's value, life not death, to say to someone, "I got your back." I not too long ago was um, just kind of uh, in one of those little discouragement funks. Anybody uh, human like me ever get there? I got a little discouraged about something and. And when you get discouraged about something, whatever it is, big or small, um, regardless of how anyone else thinks, to you, I mean, it's just overwhelming, and it's just all you can see. And I was just kind of in that, that place, and, and uh, uh, a, a young man in, in our church, I was walking, uh, it was actually a Sunday, and I was walking down the hallway, and I passed by them, and I, I gave them a fist pump and said hello, said hello back with a fist pump. And as I walked past maybe two or three steps, I heard his voice speak these words. I got your back, pastor. And I I turned around and this, this young man, he said, I got your back. Well, I don't know what that meant to him, but it meant a whole lot to me. It was an encouragement to me that Someone, someone was thinking about me. Someone was, was praying for me. Someone was saying, you know, whatever you go through, I got, I got your back, pastor. That's the body of Christ. We are many in one body, but, but we are connected by the blood of Christ that makes us a body, makes us family, that causes us to nourish one another. And one of the biggest travesties in the church is when somebody doesn't allow someone else to nourish them. There is no room for hermits in the body of Christ. But a lot of people want to be hermits, and and I know why. They, They want to become hermits because either they don't know people, or they don't want people to get to know them, or they don't want somebody's poison to poison them. And so rather than to have to go through all of that, we just close ourselves off from people. When in fact, the the many member truth that we read here is actually us flowing together in the blood of Christ as one family, as one body. Saying, you have value and I recognize it and, and I got your back. That's that's the body of Christ, and and I want to be engaged in that. I want to be engaged in that. Jo- Joyce and I have been. Uh, I'm not going to tell you a whole lot here because she'll she'll let me know I said too much. But Joyce and I, Joyce and I have been praying, and we have been have been seeking God, and we we have been writing, and and uh, we feel a fresh wind blowing on us. We feel a fresh wind blowing. On the church, and maybe you haven't recognized it yet, but um, God is 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 doing some some amazing things, and I we and we want to capture that. We want to flow with that, and so um, we we've just been so encouraged, so encouraged by by the direction God is leading us to to as as we move out of this year and into a new year. We're so excited. I, I can't. I can't tell you how excited I am other than to say I'm excited. Uh, But but I am. I'm I'm excited. One of the reasons that I am is because of the second thing I want to tell you about today, about engaging in the church, and that is this. God has a mission for the church. God has a mission for for the church. How often uh, do we hear people, even our own selves, talking about, Finding my purpose and, and finding my passion, finding my, my calling. And while I understand those words because I've said them myself, uh, about myself, if we're not careful, we can view the church as if it exists around us and around what we gravitate towards, what, who we are and what we're about. In in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, the Bible says, For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen. The things of the kingdom should be God-centered and not man-centered. It shouldn't be about us. About me finding my purpose and me finding my destiny and me. Listen, my purpose and my destiny is wrapped up into God's plan. Amen. Anything that has to do with me, any giftedness I have, it's all about Christ. It's all about His kingdom. And as we live out the Word in our lives, a good place to start our walk of faith is to remember that even in believing God's Word for His promise to come to pass, it's really. Not about that promise manifesting for us. It's about God's plan and God's will. Not just for us, but for everybody else it affects. And so we get so individualized when it comes to believing God and believing and trusting God for his promise and his word to come to pass. And when we do that and make it just an individual thing, what we're doing is we're disconnecting from the body. My win is your win. Your win is my win. Your victory is my victory. uh, You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Sometimes when it comes to ministry. We, we can view it, again, centered around us. Um, one of the things about being a leader is that you will always have people come and tell you um, there's a better way to do it. And, and usually there is. There is. Uh, but I have to discover it. And, and so a lot of people want to help me discover it. And usually the better way is their way. But, but lest you say, ah, uh, that's uh, true, so true, um, isn't it true that your way is probably better than any other person's ways? And, and uh, I mean, otherwise, you, you know, why would you, why would you even have a thought? We have thoughts and, and designs about things because we think that would be the best way. And, and we, we can do ministry that way, too. You know, we, we talk, we say words like my ministry. And as soon as we say my ministry, we've elevated what God is allowing us to partner with him. We, what we've done is we've saying, now, what I do is most important. So you need to recognize it and you need to put it in a place where everyone else can recognize it. When you have ministry gifts, you can often look at things through a narcissistic lens, so to speak. But, but I want you to look at the terminology used when a disciple was being chosen to uh, take over for Judas in Acts chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Your ministry is not your ministry. It's His, isn't it? I know, I know this is semantics, but, but, but I want us to get in our heart and understand and, and make clear that God doesn't anoint people to minister so they can do their thing. So they can do their gifting. They can do their calling. He anoints us to do His thing. The mission of God is to reach lost humanity. And we get to play a part in that. All of our ministries, all of our, our ministry gifts, all of our ministry callings should center around God's mission. Luke chapter 15 verse 4 tells us what God is all about. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? That's the heart of God. That's the mission of God. And we get to partner with that. Go into all of the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Tell people about Jesus. That's what we get to partner. That's what our ministries are all for. Yeah, you know, sometimes we, we, we use our giftedness in our ministries uh, j- just to show people that we have a ministry and a giftedness. We don't start out that way, but sometimes we'll end up that way. When God's thinking about all of ministry that He's given to us is, is to reach the lost. He will leave you to go find the one that's lost. He will leave me to find the one that is lost. We, uh, All of us, I think, who have had children have lost our children from time to time. Haven't we? And uh, Joyce tells a story about when she was in in Redlands at the Mervyn's department store. I I guess that tells you how long ago that was and our children were, were small, and um, one, of our, one of our boys just disappeared. And, and um, I mean, she became a crazy woman. <laughs> she started yelling. And she didn't care about what people thought. She was yelling at the top of her lungs. Lock all the doors. I mean, Mervyn's is a big department store. <laughs> get to the front. Don't let a little boy. Here's what he's wearing. Out the door. Somebody get to the back. She's yelling and screaming, and people looking at her like she's crazy. All of life stopped until we found that little boy in one of those circular racks hiding. <laughs> I remember later on when our boys grew up and they were, you know, junior high age and one, and we went to a football game and, and, uh, we got ready to leave and we couldn't find one of our junior high age boys, at a high school football game. And, and we, we looked everywhere. We couldn't find him anywhere. And, and, uh, And Pretty soon, I mean, we're telling, make an announcement over the the loudspeaker, and then the game ended, and we hadn't found him, and people are leaving, and we're going crazy. And I look look out next to the football field, and there's this huge, dark, empty field. And I thought, someone has taken my boy, and I ran to that field. We everybody left, and we were there, still looking with the principal and some other adults, still looking for our son. How I many know? You'd go crazy. We left that school without our son. We're calling everybody we knew. Finally, we get a hold of Grandma, who had taken him home. Do you remember that choice? Was it Brendan sitting right next to you? No, no. I was going to say, smack him for me once later. <laughs> Man, and then when you see your kid, I mean, that kid who was lost and is now found, I mean, you just, you, you just squeeze that kid. We, we were at the beach with family and our little niece. Wandered off. How long was she missing? Four hours. Four hours. Can you imagine how crazy our family was? And, and, the, and the, life, the, the lifeguard, they, they, they know what's going on. Uh, you know, if, if they're in the water. But she said, here's, here's the likelihood. Remember this. This is just for free. Um, <laughs> the, the lifeguard said, the lifeguard said, "Well, here th- this is what we're going to do. Everybody go that way." Cuz cuz if she's wandering on the beach, how old was she? 3 or 4? Oh. She she's wasn't my kid. I'm a little more responsible parent than <laughs> <I> that. <think. laughs> said, so "She's she's headed that way." Without, we "Well, how do you know she's headed that way?" Says because when when kids are walking and they're facing the sun, and it's in their eyes, they will turn around and go the other way. So the sun's not in there. You remember that next time you lose your kid or grandkid. And guess what? We found her a few miles down the, down the beach. But you, you find your kid, and you, and you just squeeze them, and you never want to let them go. And that's the heart of the father. He wants us in ministry to join Him. He wants us as the church to join Him in finding that who is lost. And that's what we, we've got to exist for, church. Not our gifts and not uh, our, our promises coming to pass. Yes, we believe God in His Word. But, and, and, and yes, we have gifts and we have callings. And yes, we're we're working with the Lord, but here's the deal. It's all about somebody coming to know Jesus. I mean, I've told the story of our church and what God has done for us financially. I've told it to to non-believers, and I can see in their eye, they're saying, Wow, God is real. God is real. When I believe God in His Word, I, I, I'm not just doing it so I can be blessed and so that I can have the promise come to pass in my life. I'm doing it also as an example to people who are lost and who, who are, 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 need to be found. And that's who we are, church. Our ministry, our calling is to reach God's lost people. That's all the time I have this morning. I'm going to have to bypass some some things. But, um Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know, church, that we exist to do God's mission, not mine. This, this, this that we do, it's, it's not about me. It's not about me, you know, trying to, to, to be a, a, a pastor that everybody knows, everybody loves. That, that's, that's not why we do what we do it's 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 not so that we can have be known for the best worship band or or the the the, the greatest building in town uh it it's not because we have these these numbers of, of, of people who come to be fed uh from the community each week at hearts in motion it's not because of 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 all the ministries that we do it's not because of 1031 that is well-known in the community, and we're getting ready to do it again. It's not, it's not <clears throat> because of those things. We do what we do because God's finding lost people, and He needs us to help look for them. Yeah. That's what we do. That's why we do what we do. And I want us to, to, to get ourselves ready to help God do just that. Yeah. And it begins with our attitude in our heart about ourselves. And our attitude about ourselves and and what we're called and gifted to do, remember this, we are here. We exist for His glory, not our own. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that we can be engaged in the church, the church-engaged Christian. Thank you, God, that that today there's not one person who is here with an open heart who, who... can't say I, I have arrived. I, I've, I've got it all. We all need growth. Father, our heart's cry as a church is to be engaged in your mission. Our heart's cry as a church is to connect with each other as a body so that we can supply each other with nourishment for your mission. God, help us break through the walls that keep us apart. Help us break through the attitudes that keep us from being the church we're called to be. Lord, in this foundational message today, I pray that we'll apply it and do it. That we'll look each other in the eye and and know why we're here. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes for just a moment before we go. the Lord's prompt me about this and I, I I need to do this before we move on. Somebody's just struggling with just something that's just gut-wrenching. And just threatens to squeeze the life out of you. With all of our eyes closed, if it's you, just raise your hand so I can see it. Just gut-wrenching. Yes, yes. Let's all stand together. The two of you raised your hand. This, this came to me earlier in the service, and, and the Lord just brought it back to my attention, and I, I want to pray over the two of you. Father in Jesus name as a church family we join together and we ask you Lord to do what needs to be done the hearts and lives of these two people the obstacles the questions the things that that they've struggled with and find no answer for. Lord, we call upon your name right now. And we ask you to minister to them right now at the point of their need. Speak clearly, loudly, directly to them that they would know the way to go and that the peace of God would fill their hearts and minds and they'll see your path. Father, every obstacle that stands between them and your peace, we remove in prayer now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen continue to keep your eyes closed if you're here and you don't know Christ Jesus. If you're here and you've served the Lord in the past you're not serving Him today. I serve His Savior. His name is Jesus. He's the Son of the living God. He came to this earth, left the glory of heaven. Died a cruel death on the cross. And the reason that he did is because when Adam sinned, man sinned, and and sin separates man from God. And today, Jesus is here to say to you I shed my blood so that you in this moment could come back to God, so that you in this moment could say, I need a Savior. I need to be rescued. I need forgiveness of my sin. I need a Lord in my life that I can follow and be directed by. If you're here today and you don't know Christ Jesus, the Savior and Lord, and you want me to pray with you, I want you right now, without hesitation, to lift your hand, hold it up high, say, Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me today. Anyone, anyone at all, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord in my life. Pastor, I need to get right with God today. Anyone at all. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, Jesus. we submit our lives to you. you. Thank you for being the Lord of our lives. lives. We believe believe in the shed blood of Christ, Christ. his death, burial, and resurrection, and we will serve the Lord. Our household will serve the Lord all the days of our lives. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.